1: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to have so much fun talking about that dreaded word selling. You know, it's it's funny, people say, I don't want to be a salesman. Oh no, I don't know, no. And in truth, if we have a business, we are in sales. <laughs> you know, and so get over it, folks. But my guest today is going to be talking to us about how selling is such a positive thing, how to make it positive, how to truly benefit both the seller and the sellee, and to do it in a great way that has integrity, that has all sorts of good stuff. And so please join me in welcoming Ian Altman to our program today. Welcome, Ian.
2: Deb, thanks for having me here.
1: Great great. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you and then we will just jump into this. So as a CEO for two decades, Ian Altman started, sold and grew his business services and technology companies from zero to over 1 billion with a B dollars in value. Ian has since spent years researching how customers make decisions. His modern approach to sales and marketing is known for helping organizations around the world achieve explosive growth. A leading authority on accelerating business growth, Ian is currently recognized as one of the 30 global gurus on sales. He's a co-author of the best-selling book, Same Side Selling, and hosts the weekly Same Side Selling podcast available on iTunes. Ian lives in the Washington, D.C. area with his two adult-ish children, a dog, and a wonderful wife he doesn't deserve. To inspire us with a modern approach to growing businesses in, on the same side with our clients, please join me in welcoming Ian Altman to our program. So
2: again, Ian, welcome. Deb, you know what? I have a feeling we're going to have some fun.
1: I know, I know. You know, what? And I was having so much fun reading your book. And for those who are watching the video, here it is. For those who are just listening, it is called Same Side Selling, How Integrity and Collaboration Drive Extraordinary Results for Sellers and Buyers. So let's you know, let's go back a little bit and tell us because you know as I mentioned at the start people go ooh sales ew, ew. how did you decide this was something that truly is your passion to to help people get through that icky feeling and really embrace being a salesperson?
2: Well, I, I think there, there's a couple things that come into play. One is that. When it comes to sales, no one was born with this notion of what they should be doing. So in most cases, people are doing what other people have taught them to do. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, the sales industry as a whole doesn't have a great reputation for people Mm -hmm. operating with high integrity. So people who operate with integrity kind of find the sales notion being Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm off-putting. And throughout my career building companies, I never felt like we were selling anything. We were just helping our clients get better results for whatever it is they were trying to achieve. Right. And so teaching people that same model works pretty well. When I wrote same side selling, I co-wrote it with a guy named Jack Quarles, mm-hmm. And Jack is a guy who spent two decades in purchasing and procurement. Ah, so and, the other side. Yeah. Well, or we would like to say the same side, but sure. Uh-huh.
1: Right. And, and the, and we'll, the idea, we'll
2: talk about same side. The, the, the idea is that, is that this is the only book we're aware of that has the perspective of the buyer and the mm-hmm. seller baked into every page. Right. You know, and and
1: I love this concept, you know, as you mentioned, that we're on the same side. And, you know, the, the premise of the book is that normally you've got buyer and seller, and then you've got you know, the table in between, or, or whatever it is, because it's it's a very adversarial type of thing, and I think that's why so many people get the icky feeling. You know, we feel like we're forcing people to buy our product, and, and all of these various things. Or, you know, there are those people who are very competitive, and see it as a contest. You know, I can, I can convince you to buy this product. I can make you buy this product. I can win salesman of the year. You know, all of those various things, and so the concept is that we need to be on the same side, and it's win-win. So tell us really how you decided you know, that, that you were going to work with Jack and, and create this book.
2: Well, it's interesting. So Jack and I met through this networking group in the Washington, D.C. area. That's really the antithesis of networking because mm-hmm. the premise is that nobody's trying to pitch anything to each other. Everyone's just trying to learn together. Uh-huh. And I was giving a, a class on sales strategies, And Jack signed up for it. I thought, wow, that's really great that one of the one of the fellow members of this group Mm -hmm. is signing up. And after the fact, Jack said, "Well, yeah, I was trying to figure out what dastardly tricks you were teaching people, Uh and it turns out that everything you were teaching was the same kind of stuff that I was teaching buyers, Mm -hmm. and so it was much more collaborative. Mm -hmm. And we kind of put our heads together. And the funny part is that all of the metaphors historically used in books about sales either use a game metaphor, where there's right. a winner and a loser, mm-hmm. or there's a battle metaphor, mm-hmm. in which case the loser dies. Right. And then we mm-hmm. wonder why there's this adversarial tension. Mm-hmm. And instead, what we want to think about is, who are the clients for whom we can have the greatest impact and results? Mm-hmm. For whom can we move the needle the most? And that's where we should focus our time. And when we do that, we end up in an environment where our clients are enthusiastic about meeting with us. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. If you walk into a store and a hyper ambitious salesperson walks up to you and says, hey, may I help you? What's Good the most news. common response? <laughs> I'm fine.
1: I'm fine. Just right. looking.
2: Yeah, no, No. thanks. Just looking. And the <laughs> reason we do that is because there have been millions of people in sales who came before us who trigger that response that right. says the person I'm dealing with is more interested in their own interests mm-hmm. than mine. Right. And if we pivot that so that we demonstrate that we actually care about what kind of results they get and what they're Mm -hmm. trying to achieve, then we build that level of trust Mm -hmm. where those people come back to us time and time again, always entrusting us with with their challenges.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and you mentioned the fact that, you know, we follow what other people have done, you know, and, and, and maybe we've, you know, we've, we bought the books, how to be the better salesperson, you know, we've taken the classes, all of those things. And, and typically they, they have that acronym ABC or yeah. Uh, ABS. Always yeah. be selling. Uh, you know, always, always selling be like that. closing. That's always it, be closing. See, yeah. I knew I had it right in there. Um, so always be closing, as in always be making the sale. Um, yeah. You know, and, and don't take no for an answer. All those various things. And I love that you have a
2: different acronym. So tell us about it. Yeah. So the acronym is FIT or mm-hmm. Finding Impact Together. Okay. And the idea is that you might have a potential client who has a superficial interest in what you do. Mm-hmm. And what services do you offer? But you don't yet know whether or not there's enough impact to them to warrant an investment or a change. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that if we ask the right questions early on in the process, what we should be looking at is almost skeptically, okay, so you have an interest in this, but Mm -hmm. is it enough of an interest to warrant a change? Is enough Mm -hmm. of an interest to warrant an investment in this? Mm -hmm. So, for example, we we were talking about um, some roof work you just had done at your house. Right. Well, mm-hmm. if if your roof was totally fine, then a roofing contractor can come to your house all day long and you say, well, our roof is fine. Right, yeah, but, we don't need a new roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but once once you realize that either problems are imminent or mm-hmm. you're having leaks or you're having you know um, issues with um, energy consumption mm-hmm. or things mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that, then all of a sudden they've got your attention. So right. finding impact together... Mm-hmm. Is about mutually determining with your client or prospect, is this something that's worth solving?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and if it's not worth it for them to solve it, then you don't want to spend a lot of time trying to sell to somebody right. who doesn't have a need for what mm-hmm. you do.
1: Yeah, you know, and I love that that is the premise through much of your book is the fact that, you know, it might not be the right product or service for that person or that 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 client. And if it's not, it's okay to walk away. And you know that's that's such a hard concept, especially when you're, say, a new business owner, because you're thinking, "Uh, uh-uh, I, I need to, I have got to make every sale. I've got to do everything I possibly can to, to keep money coming through the door." So, talk to us a little bit more about that.
2: So, so Deb, one of the one of the challenges is this: is that early on in a business, we think all revenue is good revenue,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and we have to pay and, those bills. Yeah, you got to pay those bills, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out. Um, how I how I can bring in enough money to make to keep the business afloat mm-hmm. and to help us thrive. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you realize after you've been in business long enough is that the the clients who aren't a good fit end up being the bane of your existence. Right, and they become what we call toxic clients. Mm-hmm. And these are people who, before you know it, you've been sucked into the vortex of evil. Right, and and it's just they're upset because they've spent money and they're not getting the results Mm -hmm. that they're looking for. And you're upset because you feel like you're killing yourself to service them, Mm -hmm. but they're just not happy. Right. And so what we have to think about instead is, what are the problems that we're really good at solving and how do Mm -hmm. we seek people out who have or are facing those challenges? If you think about it, it's like a medical metaphor. Mm. If I said to you, oh, well, hey, Deb, why don't you come in next Tuesday? Mm Mm-hmm and i'm going to do carpal tunnel surgery on you but you don't feel you have carpal tunnel right.
1: you've never even checked to see if i have carpal yeah. tunnel
2: and then it's like oh yeah but 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 i've got great references
0: right and you I'm, know what? I'm really and, good at this mm. yeah, and
2: i can schedule around your uh-huh. around what's right. most convenient mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. and oh here are all my credentials but mm-hmm. guess what if you don't think you have carpal tunnel mm-hmm. then there's no reason for you to schedule that right. and so then what happens is someone in sales says well, what if I discount it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I still don't have carpal tunnel. And now you sound desperate. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So then I'm thinking, well, maybe I could have carpal tunnel and get it at a really big discount.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the reality is that you would never subject yourself to surgery for something that you don't Mm -hmm. think you have the condition. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens in sales is too Mm -hmm. often people are saying, oh, I have exactly what you need. What Mm -hmm. do you need again? And then that triggers that adversarial response. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've definitely
1: done that where, you know, you have a a client, whether they're a current client or a potential client, and they say, we need X. You can't do X, but you're like, oh, I don't want to lose this client. So I'm going to figure out how to do X. Or, you know, and, and, and so then what happens, you know, every once in a while, lightning strikes and, and you figure out how to do X and it turns into a great thing, but that's like, you know, this, this small part, most of the time you do X, you do it adequately, <laughs> you
0: know, or Poor poorly,
1: possibly, right. Yeah. You know, if, if you're, if you're lucky, you do it adequately. And, you know, but, but again, we didn't want to lose that client. We didn't, you know, we didn't want to tell them no, you know, all those various things. And, and, and so then you're, you're right. We're unhappy because we're doing work that we don't want to do. And and they're unhappy
2: because they're getting work that isn't good. Yeah. And, and so what happens is our reputation suffers. And right. now you're not going to get repeat mm-hmm. business from them. Mm-hmm. They're certainly not going to refer you to somebody. And if someone said, well, how is this person doing X? You'd say, you know, eh. they worked for us. It was uh-huh. adequate. Uh-huh. Right. No one's ever referred somebody to someone they felt was adequate. Right. Oh, let me tell you, this person was totally, acceptably mediocre. Right. Yeah. You, don't, oh, okay. you don't get referrals that way.
1: Uh-huh. There's there's that commercial on right now that, you know, how is your doctor? Oh, he's okay.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's all right. Yeah.
1: You know, and, and, and while we might not always be exceptional, you know, we, we, we want to be far better than adequate.
2: Sure, exactly. And And the idea is that, we get graded almost on a curve. So mm-hmm. if there are three things you do for your client and two of them are right in your wheelhouse and mm-hmm. you have amazing expertise, and the third one you don't do so well, you get penalized for taking right. on the third mm-hmm. one because the client mm-hmm. says, well, overall, they were kind of a B.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And if you just did the two you do really well, mm-hmm. you'd be an A. And guess what? They'll refer you to other people if you did A-level mm-hmm. work, but not necessarily B-level work. Mm-hmm.
1: And And the funny thing is... You know, it might be evenly distributed. You know, a third, a third, a third, but somehow that bad is going to take over more. You know, and exactly. and 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 again, you might be doing adequate, but that's not what we want to be remembered
0: for.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny. There's a there's a fellow speaker, um, Marcus Sheridan. He and I are good friends, and we've spoken at events together. It's got to be thirty times mm-hmm. where he and I have either worked with the same client or spoken at the same event. Mm-hmm. And so, we each probably know each other's content as well um, or better than anyone else on the planet. <laughs> and so, people will say, well, you know this stuff. You can do the content marketing piece that Marcus does. Or they'll say to Marcus, hey. well, you can mm-hmm. help us on the sales side. Like Ian mm-hmm. can we say, no, no, not really. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know what the bits are. I know the parts of his keynote. But when you get into the detailed Q&A, not so much. Right. Well, you
1: know, let's put it back in medical terms. You know, a doctor is trained on many, many things, but then they specialize. You know, I don't yeah. want my heart surgeon doing something that that is not heart surgery. You know, and and or even worse, I don't want my general practitioner doing heart surgery.
2: Yeah, I've seen it before on TV. So right. come well, on in. It happens
1: man. on Gray's Anatomy all the time.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and the and the funny part is that if we take that even further. When people are selling to their customer and Mm -hmm. the customer says, well, and here's the way we're going to evaluate you, it would be analogous to a patient coming into a doctor saying, here's the way I want you to perform the surgery. Right. But we don't think of it that way. So we as the sellers are actually the experts on the best way for our clients to purchase and get the maximum results Mm -hmm. from whatever it is we offer. Mm -hmm. But shame on us if we don't develop enough trust that they use us as a guide to figure mm-hmm. that out. Right.
1: You know, and, and that's one of the other things you talk about in your book is, is really we've got to put ourselves in their shoes, you know, and, and, and what is it, you know, it, it, yeah, it might be the greatest thing since sliced bread, but if the, the person buying it doesn't think that, you know, or needs something different, you know, that's, that's the tricky thing. And, and, you know, and, and, You know, it's, we need to think about ourselves as being that person being pitched to, you know, what is it that we want to hear when, when they're talking about it?
2: Yep. Well, it's interesting because I've done this research with over 10,000 CEOs and executives around Mm -hmm. the world on how they make and approve decisions. Mm -hmm. And so I, I run people through this exercise I call the Gazertenblatt exercise. And the premise of this exercise, I, I was about to G- say height but right. okay. <laughs> I picked it because I wanted something that was easy to spell, pronounce, and right. remember. Mm-hmm. And so, the idea of this Gazirtenblatt exercise is, I tell people, look, you're a senior executive. Someone mm-hmm. in your team comes to you and says, "We got to buy this Gazirtenblatt. It costs twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Takes forty five days to implement. It requires no resources on our part. Mm. What are the five questions you have to have answered to be comfortable making an informed decision? Right. And then in these groups, I then, after they come up with the top five, I give them 90 seconds to reduce it from five to three. Mm. And the interesting part is that across over 10,000 people mm-hmm. around the world, they come up with the same three questions over and over and over yeah. again. So what are those? Uh, I'm, it's funny you, sh- funny you should ask. Funny I should ask. <laughs> <laughs> funny you should ask. See, you are a seasoned professional, Deb. I am. I am. Um, so the the questions they ask are, and they go in this sequence. The first question is what problem does this solve Mm -hmm. or why do I need it? So it's a compound question. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is that when people say, what problem does it solve? And I ask them, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. They say, why do I need it? And if someone says, why do I need this? And I ask, what do you mean? They Mm -hmm. say, what problem does it solve? Mm -hmm. So they always tend to go hand Mm -hmm. in hand They're the flip side of the same coin. The next question they ask is the ROI question or return investment question, Mm -hmm. which is, what's the likely outcome or result? Mm -hmm. Now, this is not what did the salesperson say our result would be, Mm -hmm. because most people won't find that to be their likely result, Mm -hmm. but rather, what are other people saying who are just like us Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. what the results could be? Mm -hmm. And then the distant third in all this is what are the alternatives? Oh, okay. And it might sound weird to say that that's the distant third, but imagine you've got an important issue in your business. Mm-hmm. And you're talking to a, a, a vendor who you're just in complete sync with them about what problem they, they would solve for you and why you need their help. Mm-hmm. And this is also the vendor you feel has the highest likelihood of delivering the best results mm-hmm. for, your, for your needs. Isn't that your vendor? So if you address mm-hmm. those first two questions right. really well, mm-hmm. the third one becomes implied. The mm-hmm. challenge is this, is that if the way you are selling today is not aligned with those questions, what are you doing in the sales process? Are you making it longer? Or are you making it shorter? Mm-hmm. Right. Right? And so if it's not aligned with that, you're actually mm-hmm. making the process longer mm-hmm. rather than shorter. Right. And so everything, everything that I teach is centered around those questions. Mm-hmm. And the idea is, If we can help our clients address those questions early in the process, then we're going to be the most comfortable people for them to do business with, Mm -hmm. which means early on, the first thing we have to figure out is what problem do we solve for our customers Mm -hmm. in their words.
1: Right. Now, Ian, one of the, excuse me, one of the things I noticed when you had those three questions was not asked was how much will it cost?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that funny? So Mm -hmm. the reality is this, and we'll get to the we'll get to this in more detail. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that rarely is your customer making a decision solely about price, and Mm -hmm. and and if they are, it means that we've just commoditized ourselves. Right. So the only time you buy something purely on price is if you believe that you're doing the exact same thing from somebody else at a higher price. Mm -hmm. If, as a seller, if the way you sell right now is dependent upon you being the cheapest then you better have the lowest cost production mm-hmm. and the lowest cost delivery because if you win a deal today because you're the cheapest, you will lose that client six months from now because somebody else was cheaper. Right. If you, if you win business because your client feels they'll get the best results with you, irrespective of price, mm-hmm. then it makes it very challenging for the competition to win that business away from you tomorrow or mm-hmm. at any point in the future.
1: Right. Right. And it is all about providing that value, you know, and, and you talk about this in the book about how, you know, you, it is going that extra mile without giving away the farm. Um, You know, I've, I've interviewed Bob Berg several times and, and his, you know, one of his big tenants is the fact that we need to always be providing extra value. And I asked him one time, I said, you know, uh, but, but won't we go broke? And he said, no, don't give it all away and certainly don't get taken advantage of. Because you know everybody is going to ask you know from the, the seller's side you know they're or uh, from the buyer's side they're always going to want a little bit more. What more can you give me? You know, and 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 there are times where you can give them you know a little bit more and add that extra value, but you don't want to be taken advantage of.
2: Well, and the biggest thing really is that we need to focus more on the results that we're delivering rather than the resources we're providing. Right. So the challenge that a lot of businesses make is that they sell either things by the hour, or everything's by the unit, Mm -hmm. and it's the easiest way to be commoditized because Mm -hmm. never has somebody thought to themselves, you know what I really need is I need 3.4 hours of a CPA, or I need five hours of an Mm -hmm. attorney, or Mm -hmm. I need, you know, seven hours of this consultant. No, they say, I have this problem, Mm -hmm. and I want it to go away, and Mm -hmm. the only time they talk about hours is because someone selling to them says, well, it'll take about 12 hours. Right. But instead, if we focused on, well, so what happens if you don't solve this? Mm-hmm. And how important is this compared to other things on your plate? Mm-hmm. And then what would success look like six months down the road? Mm-hmm. What could we measure together and to know we were successful? Mm-hmm. Now we're positioning value right. instead of price. Mm-hmm
1: you know, And, and, and you do talk about the fact that it is results based, um, you know, and, 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 or lack of, you know, as, as you were saying, if we don't do this, what if, um, you know, and, 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 Probably they've thought about that. Well, they should have. Otherwise, they shouldn't even be talking to you about the the product. You know, I, I need this because. But a big part of it is really just keep drilling down through those questions. Um, you know, because many, you know, I, I, I work with people on social media. And so a lot of times, you know, I will approach a business and, and you know, we'll be talking about social media. And I'll say, well, now, what are your goals? Well, everybody else does it, <laughs> Yes. And, and, or everybody else has a Facebook page. Well, no, that's not your goal. <laughs>
0: you yeah.
1: know? And so it is. It's you know, it's it's just to keep going until you really find that pain point. You know, our business will close, or we'll lose employees, or you know, all of those various. Then you can work from there. And and it's I think it's really important to note that that isn't then a reason to say. We can charge you more. Yeah. You know, ooh, we got a real good pain point here. Let's charge you more. No, that's that's not about it either.
2: Well, but you also have to look at it as sometimes if someone has a million dollar problem and you mm-hmm. come in with a thousand dollar mm-hmm. solution, mm-hmm. you may not seem credible. Right. Yeah. Because people think, well, mm-hmm. just spending a thousand dollars isn't mm-hmm. going to solve my million dollar solution mm-hmm. or my million dollar problem. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that you understand the broader context because mm-hmm. oftentimes We are our own worst enemy when it Mm -hmm. comes to price and sales. Oh, especially when we're new. Yeah, I I often say that price matters most when the seller believes price matters most. Mm -hmm. So price and all objections matter most when the seller believes Mm -hmm. that that's the most important part. And usually it comes from... The client asks a question that says, "Hey, here's something I need." And as a seller, you're thinking, "Man, I wonder how much they would pay for this. I wonder mm-hmm. like, "Well, gee, I'd love to sell this for ten thousand dollars, but I don't think they'll pay ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. so maybe they'll only pay two thousand, but if I price it at two thousand, maybe it'll price me out of the market, and all these things are going through your head oh, mm-hmm. instead of saying, "Well so so what inspired you to look for a solution for this? Mm-hmm. Oh, we have this issue, and it's costing us a bazillion dollars." Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a story I tell on stage of when I was early in sales, and I got assigned our largest commercial account. It was mm-hmm. a client who was spending $1.5 million a year just in maintenance and support for our product. <laughs> so about a, about a month into it, I get a phone call from this guy, Steve. Mm-hmm. Steve says, hey, Ian, listen, we have these 300 images. They're like schematic diagrams. Can you guys put them up online? Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, of course we can, Steve. Mm-hmm. Not because I had a clue as to whether or not we could. I was Uh just a sales guy, and I thought, you say yes, engineering will figure it out.
1: Yes, never say no.
2: So we we get their images. I hand them off to Steve, or rather, I hand them off to our engineering department. Mm -hmm. But a week later, Bob, the head of engineering, calls me up and says, hey, Ian, can you come down to my office? And you're thinking, oh. I've never been invited to Bob's (laughs) office. Oh, dear. (laughs) I get down there, and Bill, the VP of sales, my boss, is sitting in there with him.
1: Oh, you've been called to the principal's yeah,
2: office. Yeah, yeah, Bill says, close the door and grab a seat. So I'm a oh, little Oh,
1: you've really been called to the principal's office.
2: So um, so they start, Bob says, look, this is typically impossible. Everyone mm-hmm. would also tell you it can't be done. My mm-hmm. engineers are amazing. We figured out a way to do it, but it's going to be really complicated. and mm-hmm. It's going to be expensive. In fact, for these 300 images they have each quarter, it's going to cost $1,000 mm-hmm. per image oh. to convert the 300 images. Wow. I'm thinking, well, it can't get any worse than this. Uh-huh. Bill proved me wrong. Bill says, oh, and that's our internal cost.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. The
2: the client should be paying about $500,000 each time mm-hmm. they need images. So I concluded mm-hmm. two things right away. First, you can't do- deliver news like this over the phone. And second, I should probably start working on my resume.
1: Right, yeah, uh-oh,
0: yeah. It's like,
2: oh, I come in the next morning, have this epiphany. I'm like, wait, I got it. So I call mm-hmm. up my man, Steve, my client. I said, Steve, listen. We met at our annual conference. Other than that, you and I don't know each other that well. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'd like to propose. I'm going to fly out to you first thing Tuesday morning.
0: Mm. I'll
2: get to your office about noon. We're not Mm -hmm. going to talk business at all Ah. on Tuesday. I've got Mm -hmm. a tea time set to play golf. Mm -hmm. I've got dinner reservations. Mm -hmm. This way we get to know each other on Tuesday, 8 a.m. Wednesday morning, I'll come to your office. We'll talk about these images. Mm -hmm. So you know, so why did I do that? Well, people will say, Well, you're trying to build rapport, mm-hmm. you're trying to get more information. Mm-hmm. I was this young sales guy and I thought, man, That'd if I'm getting fired on Wednesday,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, you'll have had a I'm good round of golf."
2: Tuesday. <laughs> I'm have a great Tuesday. Yeah. So before before I leave on the trip, Bill the VP of Sales comes to me and says, Look, these guys are our flagship client. They're in mm-hmm. all of our marketing. Don't mess this up. Right. Which I'm guessing was his version of a pep talk.
1: Yeah. And and, and, said, and tacked in there was or you'll be fired. I exactly, mean, you really yes. knew
2: that. That was, that was clearly implied. <laughs> and and he says, so I've talked to our executive team. We've agreed that the client's never going to go for this. So why don't you see if you can sell it at cost? So pitch it at three hundred thousand. If you need to, you can even go to two eighty.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's like, yeah, okay. And all I'm thinking is my golf clubs are packed. I'm going to have a good day. Right.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So. I go out there. We had this great day with the client. Next morning, I get to Steve's office for an 80 meeting at 745. Steve is waiting in the lobby for me to show up.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He pulls me into a conference room. He says, hey, thanks for yesterday. Now, what about these images? Do you have a solution? Mm-hmm. And, of course, I was petrified to talk about it because right. price matters most when mm-hmm. the seller who was me mm-hmm. believes price matters most. Right. So I stalled.
0: Uh-huh.
2: I said, so, Steve, can you remind me why is it again you need to convert these images? Mm-hmm. She so he said, I don't think we ever talked about it. See, our distributors overseas carry our products and our competitors' products. They've all moved to the system. They just sent it a CD-ROM. Mm-hmm. We're still printing this stuff out and then inserting them in notebooks at each location. Uh. It takes us six weeks to do that. Mm-hmm. And we've calculated it's costing us $30 to $40 million a quarter. Oh. We can't get the images out there sooner. Mm-hmm. So now, $300,000, big number or small number?
1: Right. Oh, yeah. So, they're going to take
2: five hundred. dollars Now it's a trivial amount. So uh-huh. mm-hmm. he says, he says, and I got to tell you, Ian, if we don't find a solution to this thing in a hurry, I'm going to be looking for a new job. Mm-hmm. So I knew at that point it was really important to Steve. Mm-hmm. I also discovered that Steve and I had more in common than I originally right.
1: thought. Right. Yeah, you were both on that block.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I turned to Steve. I said, Steve, I've got great news. We can solve this. It's only going to cost a half million dollars a quarter. Mm-hmm says, oh, man, yeah, that's fantastic. Like, uh-huh. yes, that's great. Do you have an agreement with you? Mm-hmm. I, mean, um, Steve, I can get one. Mm-hmm. It's like, Steve, I mean, yesterday we hardly even knew each other. I didn't think mm-hmm. it would be appropriate to bring right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. And I actually had two contracts with me, one that's at 300000 one mm-hmm. that's at two eighty. Right, and you're but thinking, oh, yeah, I can't, I can't do those. I can't take those out because now uh-huh. I know it should be sold at a half a million. Uh-huh. And, you know, guess what? Uh, that's that's the right price for this thing. Mm-hmm. So when I get back to the DC office, I told him, look, I'll send you a contract tomorrow. When I get back to the DC office where I was working, the VP of sales, Bill says, I had to go. I said, it went great. They're moving You're forward. You're like, <laughs> Bill says, really? I said, yeah. He <laughs> says, wow. At the 300,000? He said, said no, no, Bill. He <laughs> says, tell me you got him to agree to the 280 bill i didn't i let bill spend about 20 minutes beating me up about pricing uh, margins public company reporting uh, there's a smirk on my face I Said, bill i sold it for a half million dollars mm-hmm. he says how did you do that i said bill don't you realize it's costing these guys 30 million i had no clue right I just got lucky mm-hmm. but it's a it was a critical lesson that i learned mm-hmm. it's central to everything i teach which right. is too often people focus on that superficial part of the mm-hmm. issue well, I want your help in this area. Maybe it's a personal trainer. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a coach. Maybe it's, you know, any type of service you're offering. But what we don't ask is, well, what happens if you don't get that? Right. And so that level of going beyond issue, which we call the tip of the iceberg, getting mm-hmm. into the meat of the impact, mm-hmm. and then the relative importance compared to other things on their plate mm-hmm. is a central thing to everything I teach mm-hmm. that really helps our clients get the most value for what they do. And we, and we write about this extensively in Same mm-hmm. Side Selling.
1: Right, you know, and and it could be, you know, we we haven't really talked about competitors. It could be that you know you there are lots of competitors. You know, let's let's be honest. There's no product or service that is totally unique. But you know, when you have those competitors, and you talk about this in your book, the 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 what you do is you show how you are unique. You know, and and so talk to us about that.
2: Well, so one of the one of the things is this is that. The reason why organizations purchase from one, especially when it comes to services, from one company versus another, mm-hmm. but it's really across the board, is how well they feel you understand their situation. Right. And if all you do is talk about yourself, then when you leave, they go, wow, I learned a lot about them, but I don't think they know us all right. that well.
1: Yeah, they don't know it's going to cost me $30 million a year yeah, to do this. Yeah,
2: but but but... If you spend the time asking good questions about Mm -hmm. them, you'll be amazed how few questions Mm -hmm. they ask you about you. Because what's going through the client's mind is, well, one of us needs to have enough information about the other Mm -hmm. one to be able to make a decision. And if you ask enough questions about them, they might feel like you have enough information Mm -hmm. to evaluate whether or not there's a good fit there. Right. And so that's kind of what we're trying to get Mm -hmm. to. And so the the idea is that there's there are a number of different things you can do to stand out. There's there's a concept that I teach that actually isn't even in same side selling, mm-hmm. but people can search for it called the client vision pyramid. Mm. And the idea of the client vision it'll be in the next book I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the client vision pyramid, the idea is that anytime someone's researching a, a certain relationship with a vendor, mm-hmm. it's helping them understand the difference in the marketplace. So. In same side selling, in the bonus content online on samesideselling.com, we have a bunch of different case studies. Okay. And there was a company, um, there's a company we profile named GPS Insight. And GPS Insight provides amazing solutions for tracking fleets of automobiles. Mm. So if you're if you're doing emergency equipment, mm-hmm. if, you're, um, if you're handling, you know, if you're the cable company doing installation or the telecom company, or you're somebody who's doing a lot, a lot of deliveries and you have a whole fleet, these guys manage all the details behind it. And their concern was that, look, we're getting compared against people who just put a GPS tracker on a vehicle to know where it is. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're telling, we're, we're communicating with clients, hey, someone's going to be there in the next 40 minutes. So mm-hmm. you're not giving people an eight hour window to show right. up. Mm -hmm. We're telling them, here's where this person should go Mm -hmm. for the lowest price gasoline on their route today. Mm -hmm. We're telling them, hey, it looks like this driver is just sitting idle for an hour and just burning gas for you. Mm -hmm. Um, We're we're identifying this vehicle Mm -hmm. needs to be serviced in the next month Mm -hmm. because it's going to come like all those different things that it's Mm -hmm. doing. And so we built this client vision pyramid for them. So what they would say is, and this is the structure is. Well, gee, when people come to us for vehicle tracking, they're usually looking for solutions at one of three levels, and this is the Mm -hmm. client vision pyramid. At the base level is what we call effective. Mm -hmm. This is where people say, look, I just want to track my vehicles. Give me a way to do that. And so there are systems out there that do that very effectively. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, cool. That's all I need. Mm -hmm. At the next level is what we call enhanced. This This is people who have broader systems that not only will track the vehicles, but might give you suggestions on routing, might give you suggestions for, maintenance mm-hmm. and service and gasoline and things like mm-hmm. that. At the highest level is what we call the engaged level. These, this is where you're looking for a partner is not only going to make it better in terms of the vehicles, but is focused on how you can impact your customers, mm-hmm. how you can grow your market mm-hmm. share, how you can grow the share value of your company mm-hmm. by more effectively managing those operations. So mm-hmm. which level are you looking for? Right. And so now, what I've just done is I've established that there are three different levels, mm-hmm. which candidly the client probably never considered that there could no. be three different levels. Mm-hmm. So I now made it clear how we might stand out compared mm-hmm. to the competition, mm-hmm. and I get to ask them which level they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, so what net effect did it have for GPS Insight? So aside from executing fabulously, the different things they, that um, that they learned through same side selling. They implemented this client vision pyramid and one of their groups where before 20% of their team was hitting their numbers, a year later, over 90% of their team was hitting their numbers. Wow. And it's just having very clear communication that says, Mm -hmm. here's where we are different compared to other people. Now, the Mm -hmm. beauty is this, is that when you use that client vision pyramid, what your potential client does is everybody they meet, they automatically put them into one of those categories. Mm -hmm. But right. the categories didn't exist. We made them mm-hmm. up. We mm-hmm. created the categories. Right. Mm-hmm. But now they put people mm-hmm. into those because they say, oh, well, gee, it sounds, Deb, like your business, you guys are engaged. But these other people I talked to, they were only ineffective. Mm-hmm. And it creates a clear differentiator for them mm-hmm. right out of the shoot. Right.
1: You know, and, and then the other thing that you talk about in your book, you know, is, is, is getting rid of the people that aren't going to matter at all, you know, and, and, and you know, and it, it, in, in realtor terms, the looky lose you yeah. know, or, you know, the, the people who are just going to walk up and kick the tires. You're going to spend a minimal amount of time with them, you know, because you never know, you know, they, they might be kicking the tires to, to really be engaged, but, you know, you're not going to waste a lot of time with them. And and I think that's one of the things that is so hard for people in business is figuring out, and I hate to say, it, put, put it this way, but it really is this way, who's worth spending the time on.
2: Yeah. Well, and and the way I like to look at it, so it's it doesn't sound like it's something condescending. Yeah, is more, that was the. Yeah, yeah. That so, so, so and, and I've been doing this long enough that I figured out a way I think to do it where it doesn't sound negative, which is look, I'm just trying to find the people for whom we can have the greatest impact, who have a problem they feel is worth solving, mm-hmm. and who I look and say, yep, I can help them deliver those results. Mm-hmm. And so we qualify not only on issue, impact, and importance, mm-hmm. but one of the other things we look at is, well, what are the results? Mm-hmm. So, what would it look like six months from now that we would measure? So we know that we're successful. Right. So what, what happens for most people when they're selling something is the way people evaluate a meeting is almost like how they would evaluate a personal interaction mm. or a date. Mm-hmm. So you think about it, and you can fill in the blanks. So I'm sure you've heard this. People come back from a meeting, they say, Oh, I had the best meeting with this potential client. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. We we agreed that we would spend 20 minutes together. But instead, the meeting lasted for... An hour. An hour. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. And the two of us, man, as soon as we got together, we just... Clicked. We clicked. We connected. Mm -hmm. And the meeting went so well, Deb, Mm -hmm. that we've agreed that next week we've already scheduled a time to... Meet again. Meet again. (laughs) And that would be a great way to describe a successful meeting if it was set up on an online dating site. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not a good way to evaluate a good business meeting. No. And so what you have to start wondering is, okay, are people going on business dates or are they doing business? Mm-hmm. And so we built a tool for people that we write about in Same Side Selling called the Same Side Quadrants. Mm-hmm. And the idea of the Same Side Quadrants is a method for taking notes that allows us to focus on the right information so we mm-hmm. can quickly determine, is this opportunity worth both of our time? Right. Or isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so if it turns out that it's just not a fit, we shouldn't feel like a failure. it's no, just, it's just not what? a fit. We figured out that there wasn't a good fit mm-hmm. today. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean there never will be. Right. It means that mm-hmm. we're not the best people to help them solve whatever the issue is or the issue isn't important enough mm-hmm. to warrant a change. Right. And so if you want, I can walk you through these same side quadrants yes. yeah. and how people yeah, use it. Yeah, because
1: I've been on a lot of those business dates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes you really do decide, okay, this is this is going to be a friendship. Sure. But, we spend so much time spinning our wheels, trying to make it fit that that's, you know, I think that's the problem, you know, and and so talk to us about the, the quadrants.
2: Yeah, so, so the idea of the quadrants is this, and and if people if people Google it, they'll find it. We actually created these journals because after two and a half years of people asking, do we create journals? And I kept uh-huh. saying, no, no, you can create it on your own. Uh-huh. Now we created them and they're, they're pretty popular. But So the idea is this, is that and I'll, navig- I'll show people how they can navigate it just on their own. So on a mm-hmm. blank sheet of paper, you draw a vertical line on the center page, horizontal line across mm-hmm. the page, breaking into four quadrants. This is going to be our template for taking notes. Okay. In the upper left quadrant, what we do is we take notes about the issue that they raised, meaning the prompt for that is, well, mm-hmm. what inspired you to meet with us today? Mm-hmm. And now I get information about what it is that they're in initially interested in. Mm-hmm. Then we, in the upper right quadrant, we take notes about the impact or importance. So the mm-hmm. idea is we'll ask a question like, well, what happens if you don't solve that? And the mm-hmm. goal of impact and importance is to understand what's the measurable impact of mm-hmm. not solving this? What does it cost them by not solving this? Mm-hmm. And compared to other things on their plate, how important is it, is it to address this issue and why? Right. Because they might have something that's costing them a million dollars, but they have something else that's life or death in their business. Right.
1: Yeah. And so the so, million dollars, ugh, you know. yeah.
2: know. Until, until I solve this bigger mm-hmm. issue, I don't even care about mm-hmm. that. In the lower left quadrant is where we take notes about the results, meaning, mm-hmm. look, just because you pay us money doesn't mean we're successful. What mm-hmm. we, what can we measure together right. to know that we're successful mm-hmm. so you can hold us accountable? Mm-hmm. Six months down the road, a year down the road. Hey, I'm just curious. I want to make sure that what we do is high five worthy, mm-hmm. and I don't want to come back to you looking for a high five, and you mm-hmm. think we're not even close to there. Yeah, you were so adequate. Make this high five worthy, mm-hmm. and how would we measure that? So mm-hmm. now we've got something that we're measuring in terms of impact and measuring in terms of results. Well, the funny part is the value of your solution is the gap between the impact of not solving it mm-hmm. and the quantifiable results that you're going to measure. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the definition of the value of your solution at that point. Mm. In the lower right quadrant is where we take notes about the results. Mm. Me, I'm sorry, not the results, mm. the others impacted. Meaning if mm-hmm. you've ever been in a deal where in the 11th hour someone's name comes up you've never right. heard of, and they mm-hmm. kill the deal, mm-hmm. it's because we don't, need, we don't know who else needs to be involved. Mm-hmm. So people wow. have been trained to ask a horrid question. Right. They, don't, they don't know a better way to ask, mm-hmm. so they ask the question, who's the Uh decision-maker? And the problem with that question is that it immediately triggers an adversarial response because it's almost like saying, well, Deb, I'm sure it isn't you. Yeah, So who I'm I'm wasting my time talking (laughs) to you. Mm -hmm. And and it feels like you're gonna better deal them. So Mm -hmm. instead we ask, well, who else would have an opinion about how this is impacting the organization? Mm -hmm. Who else is most directly impacted? Mm -hmm. Who else would have a strong opinion about Mm -hmm. how we measure results? Who might disagree with how we're measuring the results? That'll give you a sense of who needs to be involved. Mm -hmm. And those quadrants give you a snapshot of what's important. And in essence, it's Mm -hmm. a little mini business case Mm -hmm. for the client. Now, here's the interesting part about it. Remember, the questions that people ask when they're looking to make or approve a decision are, what problem does it solve? Why do I need it? What's the likely outcome or result?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So, if I just focus on those, because we know that Um, the alternatives is a distant third, Mm -hmm. then the issue or the upper left quadrant corresponds to what problem are we trying to solve? Mm -hmm. The impact and importance is equivalent to why do we need to solve it? Mm -hmm. And then the results in the lower left quadrant corresponds to what are the results that we're looking for? Mm -hmm. And so now I'm actually facilitating a meeting that's giving the client the answers to the questions they would be asking if they were conscious of it. right. And so now, when I use that model, the beauty is this, is that if I have those four quadrants, how long, more than a second or less than a second, do I need to look at that sheet of paper to realize that maybe I forgot to cover one of the quadrants? Mm-hmm. It's just You're a just, glance and I right. go, yeah. oh, I <laughs> mm-hmm. right And so the idea is that it becomes a very straightforward way. Of, of captioning. I mean, to give you an idea, you know, I, on my desk, I have one of these quadrant journals always here. notes. Mm-hmm. Right. And the whole idea is that there's little faint watermarks to mm-hmm. remind people of the questions to ask mm-hmm. and how to navigate that process. And the idea is that we just don't want to have surprises mm-hmm. and neither does our client. And mm-hmm. then when you take this and after the fact, you send the client a summary note that says, Hey, here's a summary of my mm-hmm. notes. What does the client say? Wow, they mm-hmm. totally get me. They get me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They totally listen. Mm-hmm. They understand exactly what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. That is, in fact, the results we're looking for. And they told us, here's what it's going to cost to get that. Yeah, I feel better working with them than with mm-hmm. somebody else. Right.
1: Well, and as you're going through that, you're, you're obviously going to find other things that are missing. Um, you know, as you said, you know, the missing people, um, you know, the it, it might be that, that, you know, they think, well, you know, we won't, you know, we won't meet our, our, uh, our, our, own in internal sales quota, but then sure. they miss the fact that that's going to mean we're going to have to let staff go, you know? And, and so it really is this thought process of, of getting through everything, you know, and, and obviously these are for complicated purchases. Um, you know, if it's, you know, ink or, you know, papers, yeah, you know, that doesn't really matter. But um, you know, these, these really are for fairly complicated type of decisions that people are spending, you know, quite a bit of money on.
2: Well, you know what? They they are and they aren't. In some cases, it could be, for example, somebody somebody might be switching from one wealth advisor to another right. one or mm-hmm. looking at a different wealth advisor. Mm-hmm. And then we want to think about, so what questions do we ask about the competition? Mm-hmm. Now, I can't talk trash about the competition ever. Right. Never, what, ever do that. No. Yeah, but, but what I can do is I can say, so you've been working with someone for a long time. They must be doing a pretty good job. Right. We always like to get a sense mm-hmm. of what other people are doing that mm-hmm. maybe we should emulate. What are some of the things you like about that? Right. Yeah, don't ask, and, what do you not like? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so we ask these questions about what they like, and then we get to ask, so if you could change one or two things, what would mm-hmm. those be? So if I said, what well, don't you like, they probably made the choice to hire them, so they're mm-hmm. not going to give me much. Right, I,
1: they're not going to say, well, we
2: screwed up by doing if, this. <laughs> if, you, if you could change one or two things, what would those be? Mm-hmm. And then whatever those things are that come up, you say, mm-hmm. so is the potential of solving those worth a discussion about how we might be able to help? Mm-hmm. Right, And now I have to give them permission that it's okay that they made a prior decision that wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. So now what I might do is I might say, you know, my guess is at the time when you chose that other vendor, mm-hmm. they were the perfect fit for you. And it right. could just be that over time, your needs have changed mm-hmm. and it's time for you to upgrade now. Mm-hmm. Right, and now it's like, well, yeah, we've all bought stuff in the past mm-hmm. that we upgrade into something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't I do it here? And it makes it so it's a very non-threatening way right. for people right. to move yeah. from one provider to another. Yeah,
1: you're not telling them you screwed up, you yeah. know, and, and so now you need to change. And and um, you know, and and they may have screwed up, you know, and, and you'll find that out in in the process too. Sure. But you know, it's I like that concept because it is it's it's giving them the ability to 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 make the decision, to say, oh, you know, it is time. And 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 who knows what it could be? I mean, you know, let's go back to the the, the financial advisor. Maybe it's that that person never, ever responds to emails after 3 p.m.
0: Sure. Know,
1: and, and they, you know, they they want somebody, you know, who's going to talk to them on, you know, evenings and weekends because that's when they're talking with their spouse. That's when they're doing sure. all this stuff on their own. Um, you know, and, and maybe one of the first suggestions is, have you asked them, will they respond to emails later? You know, because yes. you know, it, it, it could be just that simple. Um, but then then you obviously have to make the decision. Am I going to respond to emails <laughs> you know? exactly. and, you or not? Soul searching.
2: You have right. to do some soul searching to make sure that you feel like you're in a good position mm-hmm. to do that. I remember right. there was an event where um, a woman called me up and said, we have this event for our top 500 women in sales in, mm-hmm. our, in our business. And we want to see if you'll come in, if you're available to keynote the event. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd. And right. so I asked the question. I said, well, do you, th-? I said, don't take this the wrong way. Cause I'm flattered that you're contacting me. Right. But do you think that the audience might respond more favorably? Mm-hmm. if you had a female speaker instead right. of a male speaker.
1: Yeah, and that would have been my first thought too, is why did they pick a man, yeah. not you? Why did they pick and, a male? Mm-hmm. And
2: she and she says, well, you know, it's funny. I've actually talked to three male speakers so far. Mm-hmm. You're the first person to bring this up. I said, well, I said, believe me, I'm flattered if there's a reason mm-hmm. why, but right. are you open to introductions to a couple of women speakers mm-hmm. in sales right. who could really do an amazing job mm-hmm. for you? Mm-hmm. And um, And all of a sudden it was like, yeah, we would be open to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Then Hi. in that case, um, let me make that introduction. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel that one of them suits your needs, mm-hmm. I'm believe me, I'd be thrilled to do it. Right. I'm just trying to think mm-hmm. of the best interest mm-hmm. of your audience. Mm-hmm. And so they ended up hiring one of the women I recommended. Mm-hmm. Who did amazingly well? Right. And six months later, out of the blue, the client calls up and says, "Hey, we now have this event. It's four thousand people for mm-hmm. this other event, and it's everybody, not just right. the Wimber group. Mm-hmm. Are you available on that right. date?" No, mm-hmm. I didn't recommend somebody else because I thought they were going to have another event coming up. Mm-hmm. I just said it was the right thing to do. Hey, mm-hmm. I think your audience would better serve. Now, keep in mind. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do that. You don't need the business.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And 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 definitely, you know, and and but the, what's so important for people to remember is you made everybody happy, you yeah. know, because you also made that speaker happy. Absolutely. Um, you know, whether you, you know, you, you obviously knew her well enough to, to say, you know, this is, is you know, um, somebody who would be great, but you made her happy. You made the client happy and you were happy because A, you weren't presenting where you might not have been the best fit. But more importantly, B, you got the, the you know the, the the gig further on down.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure there's people who would say, "Oh, but you could have had that gig." Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true, but the client wouldn't have been well served. Right. Mm-hmm. So someone in the audience would have been saying, "Why would I listen to this guy? Mm-hmm. There's 500 women here. Ah, like, yeah. it wasn't a woman speaker mm-hmm. who could have done this?" Mm-hmm. And and the women I recommended, I knew any one of the three of them mm-hmm. would be amazing. Right.
1: You know, and, and I think, you know, we've, we've talked about this kind of off and on through the whole thing. Sometimes it isn't a good fit, you know, and it's okay to, to turn that business down or refer to somebody else. And now what I like to do is actually have somebody else I can refer to um, rather than just say, no, can't, but you know, sometimes you don't, It, it depends on what it is. But it's not always a good fit, you know. It's you know you're you're thinking this. I'm not going to click with this client. They're too far away. They want you know all these various things, and it it really is okay to send them to somebody else.
2: Well, and and think about it. If we're truly focused on results for our clients, mm-hmm. then we should never be selling something if we're not confident we can deliver the results. The right. beauty is this is that when I speak with these groups of CEOs, I'll ask them so. If you have a choice, one vendor is asking about the results, mm-hmm. another vendor is asking about the contract, which vendor would you prefer to do business with? And mm-hmm. they say, well, the one focused on results. Okay. So how many of you would be willing to spend more money with the vendor who's asking questions about results versus the one who's just asking about who's going to sign the contract? And just about everyone will raise their hand and say, Hi. oh, yeah, I would mm-hmm. I would spend more with them. And I'll say, mm-hmm. how much more? Mm-hmm. And the general consensus is about 15% more. hmm and for the people who are hesitant to spend more, I ask the following question. I say, so how much less would you have to spend for it to be a good deal, but you don't get the results that you need? So how much right. less would you have to spend um, to be a good deal, but you don't get the results you need? Uh-huh. The answer is, I'd have to pay 100% less because right. if I don't get the results uh-huh. I need, it's not it's a, a good a waste. deal. waste. Uh-huh. And so when your client or prospect pushes mm-hmm. back on price and says, well, but you know, you said this is going to be $5,000, someone else sell the note for $4,500. Mm-hmm. Imagine if instead of saying, well, let me see what I can do. And what you've just told them is that you were overcharging them a second right. ago. Uh-huh. Instead, if you said, well, the only way we can do it for less is if we backed off some of these results that you right. said were important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So which of those results can mm-hmm. we back off so we can get you to a different price point? Right. Now, you're always speaking about the price or investment mm-hmm. in the context of the results. Mm-hmm. And that gives you an amazing ability to differentiate yourself. Right.
0: Yeah. Because
1: eventually, they will probably go, oh, wait a minute. We really did need that. Therefore, yeah. we will we'll pay
2: for it. Um,
1: you know, yeah. And, I mean, there's,
2: there, there, there is undoubtedly, um, there have got to be hundreds, if not thousands of people who charge dramatically less than what I charge for what I do. Mm-hmm. And if I was competing solely on price, I'd be sitting around, um, you know, eating sunflower seeds or bonbons waiting for the phone to ring. Mm-hmm. But instead, you got to understand where your value is and right. help your clients understand that. And for the people who don't need or see the additional value, it's just mm-hmm. not a fit. That's okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, yeah, you know, it's okay. Like we said, it is Okay. You know, yeah. Now, one of the other things that you talk about your book, and we've, we've only got about five minutes left, and I love this concept, and, you know, it, it needs far more than five minutes, so we just need to have you on again, um, is that this needs to be, you know, we, we talked about this adversarial, all of these various things. It needs to be that we're solving a puzzle, and we're doing it together. So, so to really talk mm-hmm. about that, because that, that struck me, and I thought it's my very first line on my notes here. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really like that, that concept.
2: So so the idea we talked before about this idea of most books being about either a game metaphor or a battle mm-hmm. metaphor. Right. And the metaphor that we carry throughout same-side selling is a puzzle. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, you have puzzle pieces mm-hmm. and your clients have puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. And so imagine if if you had half the pieces to a puzzle. Mm-hmm. And someone else had half a piece of the other half to the same puzzle. Wow, that's going to gonna be beautiful. Right. But if they don't have the same puzzle and they have different pieces, mm-hmm. then you it can pretty- spend all the time you want. It's never going to come together. It's mm-hmm. never going to be right. And you're both going to waste a lot of time. Right. More importantly, if you're putting a puzzle together with somebody, can you do it without showing each other which puzzle pieces you have? Right. You can't. No. So you can't be on the opposite side of a table with mm-hmm. a wall between you. Mm-hmm. You have to have an open dialogue mm-hmm. where everyone lays their p- pieces on the table and says, you know, these are going to fit together mm-hmm. and this picture is going to be beautiful. Right. That's the premise behind same-side selling. If we do this right, then sales isn't adversarial. Mm-hmm. It's not something you should be ashamed of. Rather, you're actually really helping people. You know, when I look at the case studies that we have on samesideselling.com, it makes me feel really good. And at mm-hmm. no point do I think to myself, here's how much I charge this customer. Mm-hmm. I think to myself, these people went from $17 million to $100 million mm-hmm. in three years. And the prior three years, they went from $14 million to $17 million. Mm-hmm. So I can see tangibly the results those people got. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel good to know that those people then sold their company to somebody for over $100 million. Now, mm-hmm. that changed their lives. Mm-hmm. right? Or when I see a company who you know, had me help them years ago when they could barely afford to pay what I charge to come mm-hmm. in. And today they're growing 80% year over year, mm-hmm. hiring people, taking, taking people on president's club trips to celebrate their success, building vacation homes. That's really rewarding. Right. And so when we focus on the results, mm-hmm. it makes you feel really good that, Hey! Not only did I get paid for something, mm-hmm. but look at the look at the impact I had mm-hmm. on their lives. It's funny. Uh, I'm I'm very well known for speaking at events where it's big companies, so mm-hmm. companies that are brand names people would know in the B2B space mm-hmm. where I've spoken. Whether it's whether it's companies like Thermo Fisher or SAP or mm-hmm. you know or um or different huge financial services mm-hmm. companies. The funny part is if I increase their business by fifty million dollars, they hardly even notice. Right. But it's when you take a small to medium sized Mm -hmm. business and you help them double in a short time, Mm -hmm. you know that you've changed things for them, their family, and it really makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And that's the most rewarding part about what I get to do.
0: Right.
1: You know, and- when when we start thinking about that that does help us when we're trying to set our prices um you know especially you know as as you are a new you know if you're a new business owner and you're thinking oh i can't charge that much you know think about what value you're bringing you know what is the impact that your product or your service has you know now that's not to say get carried away <laughs> you know because it, it, you know i was taught long ago to charge what the market will bear so if you charge too much and the market doesn't bear it well then you know you, you well, screw up
2: I'm going to give you one more, Deb, on that, which is you can never charge any more than you think you're worth. Right. So whatever you believe you are worth, Mm -hmm. that's what you can charge. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I first started speaking professionally, I charged less than 5% of what I charge today. Mm -hmm. And I was concerned, oh, I don't know if people will spend that. Mm Mm-hmm. And now, if someone offered to pay me 90% of what I regularly charge, mm-hmm. I'll say, oh, I'm sorry you're not on budget yes. for it, but thanks for considering mm-hmm. me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't deviate from price no. one iota, and people mm-hmm. know that.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: like I'll say to somebody, okay, to do what you want to accomplish, it costs you know, whatever mm-hmm. the number is, mm-hmm. and that's what it costs. And they say, right. oh, we were hoping it'd be less. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this is what it costs. If mm-hmm. you don't want to do it, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I have other firm, suggestions for yeah, you. Mm-hmm. And standing firm with a smile. Mm-hmm. It's totally acceptable. Right, you, just, you shouldn't be offended because because somebody wants to pay less. Mm-hmm. They're entitled to want to pay less, mm-hmm. and you're entitled to stand firm. Right.
1: Well, and when we feel like we're overcharging, that's when they it's it's almost a desperation thing. Also, you know, say so you're going to charge a thousand dollars, and you feel well, you know, probably only worth five hundred. Well, then the second they say, well, 1000 is more than we wanted to pay, then you're
2: like, oh, oh okay,
1: okay, I'll, I'll take 500
2: <laughs> you know, so you, yeah. you shoot yourself in the foot. Well, and, and what, what happens is, if you don't, remember when, I, remember when I said, you can never sell it for more than you think it's worth. Mm-hmm. The thing is that if you're if you're selling something you don't think it's worth it, then what happens is you say, well, so I charge two thousand dollars, but I also include this, and I do this, hey, and I do, mm-hmm. and you start making you start in essence apologizing for the right. price, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as opposed to in my business, if you're going through the quadrants mm-hmm. with somebody,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so I can go through the quadrant and they say, yes, yeah, so or we're trying to improve our sales force. Really, what's been going on? Well, mm-hmm. they're not really hitting their numbers. Well, how long has this been going on? I mean, you couldn't quantify that, could you? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, each rep is probably leaving $300,000 of business on the table. Gee, and how many reps do you have? We have 100 reps. Wait, That's how a much lot of that? money. <laughs> they
0: say like okay.
2: mm-hmm. In order to solve that mm-hmm. problem that you have, mm-hmm. um, here's the approach I would take over a 90-day window, mm-hmm. and it's going to cost $40,000 to do that. Mm-hmm. They go, oh, $40,000 to solve a $30 million problem is not, right. not, not that bad. much. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't take the time to understand what the impact is, what right. the results need to be, then I'd be thinking, gee, I wonder how much they would pay. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if I can get this much mm-hmm. instead of a collaboration where I know I'm delivering extraordinary value mm-hmm. for their investment. Right.
1: Well, oh my gosh, Ian, this, this really has been so much fun. And, and again, you know, we're talking about your book, Same Side Selling, and, which is available, I'm uh, uh, guessing, Amazon, all those v- wonderful places.
2: Everywhere, yeah.
1: But how do people get in touch with you and, and work with you?
2: Well, so the easiest way is online. You can reach me at Ian Altman. So it's I-A-N-A-L-T-M-A-N. So it's mm-hmm. IanAltman.com. On Twitter, it's Ian Altman. On LinkedIn, it's Ian Altman. And of course, the bonus content and all the ins and outs and videos on Side Selling are at SameSideSelling.com. And I have no doubt that if you get to one of those URLs, it easily gets you to the other one
1: perfect I love it I love it well this really has been great and and we made it through oh about half of of my notes here you know we didn't even talk about same side pitch I thought that was interesting you know yeah. and and so you know yes we want people to, to get your book to learn more about that and some of my other notes here you know what is the buyer buying that that was one of my notes you know all these various things so we want them to get your book but it just means we need to have you on again so perfect. we do that
2: all right Deb well thanks so much.
1: Great. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely wonderful time talking with Ian Altman. And until next time, everyone have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.